Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Let's, uh, let's get into the Word of God this morning. I hope that you're excited to get into the Word. I hope that, I hope that you're here this morning um, with an expectation to leave with a little bit of a fuller cup. Amen. Um, That's the goal every time we come into the presence of God is to be refilled, recharged, to, to bless and uh, give honor to the glory of God. Amen. And I know that he's got a word for us today. And I want to take you to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9. And we're going to be looking at verses 57 through 62, Luke 9, 57 through 62. And while you're while you're turning there, I want to make a quick announcement about next week. Next week, we're celebrating our fathers. Amen. Anybody have fathers in here? Yeah. Fathers are good. <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to come and we're going to have one service like we did on Mother's Day at 10 a.m. Uh, for Father's Day. So come bring your dads, um, dads, bring your kids, you know, make them come to church with you. And we're going to have a we're going to have a good uh, service next next week. All right. Are you there at Luke chapter nine verses 57 through 62? Amen. Amen. As always, we're reading, the, we're reading the word of God. I, I ask you to really just let this speak to you. These words speak to, uh, for themselves. Amen. And it says this. It says, along the way, someone said to Jesus, I'll go anywhere with you. Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't have a place to call his own. Jesus told someone else to come with him. But the man said, Lord, let me wait until I bury my father. And Jesus answered, let the dead take care of the dead while you go and tell about God's kingdom. Then Jesus said to someone else, I'm sorry. Then someone said to Jesus, I want to go with you, Lord. But first, let me go back and take care of things at home. Jesus answered, anyone who starts plowing and keeps looking back isn't worth a thing to God's kingdom. Amen. Did that sink in? The, the, the English Standard Version, the, uh, the ESV, I don't know what version that you have, um, also the, the NIV. Um, if, if you have those versions, you'll see at the top, like the, 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 the heading before that passage, um, it'll say the cost of following Jesus. That's a great, man, that's a great message. I could preach on that. There's, there's definitely a cost to following Jesus. Salvation is free. Salvation costs Jesus everything, but it costs us nothing. Amen. But discipleship, getting to our cross, picking it up and walking with it, that costs something. That's a great sermon right there. But I also like how the contemporary English version puts that heading. And that's kind of what I want to preach on. Um, the CEV puts it as three people who wanted to follow Jesus. So I want to take a little bit of a different approach. I think this is a very relatable topic. And I entitled my message today, I Wanted To. And I was taken back um, after, you know, uh, coming up with the title to this message. I was taken back to elementary school when I was taught about wants versus needs. I don't know if anyone else went through that, like, that learning module. But I remember, I still remember the assignments that they would give us. They would ask us to um, separate some items into certain categories. So one category was the want category. Another one was the need. So it would have like an item, uh, it would have like a bicycle, right? And, and, and what's a bicycle? Is that a want or is that a need? That's, that's, that's a want. I don't, we, we don't need bicycles. They're nice to have, but, but that's more of a want. Water. Well, that's, that's a need. We need water to survive. It doesn't really matter whether I want water or not. I need water to survive. 
So they kind of explained it to us in a very way that was uh, a way that was very basic, really easy uh, to comprehend. You know, Layla still doesn't really get the difference. Um, anytime we're in the car, sometimes she'll she'll look at her hands and, and she'll say, "I don't have anything." <laughs> and I'm like, "You don't need anything." She says, "I need something. Give me a phone or something." I'm like, "Layla, you need to you know, calm down, addict, right?" Um, but 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 she doesn't really get the 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 difference. When we get a little bit older, I think when we reach our adolescent years, um, the difference between wants and needs get a little bit more difficult because even though we know we need something, we don't always want it enough to get it or to do it. So like, you know that you need to eat better, right? Because the doctor told you that you probably need to eat better. And and if you continue eating the way that you're eating, it's going to lead to all types of health problems later. So you know what you need to do, but you want to eat the bad stuff. Because the bad stuff tastes good, right? Even, even though you know that you need more of the healthy stuff. So we get to a point, and I, I think that this is probably most, the majority of adults in this room, that's why I said it's more complicated. You get to the point where you want to want the things that you need, but you don't really want those things. That makes sense? For example, uh, this week, earlier this week, I got home, and uh, <laughs> Melissa said, I almost went for a jog today. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's continuing with her, you know, her, her quest to a healthier lifestyle. Um, she know, because she knows that she should, you know, we all should live healthy lifestyles. But, but you know, maybe she doesn't always want to do the things that are required to live out a healthier lifestyle. So she said, I, I almost went to a jog. I was like, you're looking for credit? or <laughs> <laughs> We want to want certain things. It's kind of like Paul. When he says, uh, he's talking about sin, he says, the things I don't, uh, the, the things I do not want to do, I do it. Essentially, he's saying, I don't want to desire certain things, but I kind of do desire these things. That's why I do it. It's my flesh. Now, this passage talks about three men, right, who want to follow Jesus. They want to be in his inner circle. They want to be his disciple. They want to be a part of the group that is witnessing Jesus performed miracles left and right, and, and he wants, they, they want to be with him as the miracle worker. They want to be with him, seeing uh, all, the, all the popularity and all this hype that, that Jesus is getting. They want to be a part of something big. I mean, what an opportunity would, would this have been? I mean, it's like, the, like an internship of, of a lifetime, going and, and being one of Jesus' disciples. But wanting something isn't always enough, church. And I would argue that these three men really didn't want to follow Jesus. Rather, they wanted to want to follow Jesus. I hope you're following me. I know it's a little confusing. But I think that this is a good time to pause for a moment and and just ask you this question. What are you wanting today, church? What are you wanting today? What are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your ambitions? What do you want from your life? You probably know the answer to that. And we just celebrated a couple graduates. And I know that they're that they have uh, bigger goals in their lives. I, I bet that their eyes are fixated on something that is past their current situation. I'm sure that there is something that they want. The question is, how far are we willing to go to actually get it? What, do you li- what are you willing to leave behind? What are you willing to sacrifice? Um, last week, while we were on vacation, we had a dinner, Melissa and I, um, and I, I asked her a a random question, you know, just to kind of go deeper, you know, past the, you know, the, um, 
like the small talk, you know, I, I asked her a question that I hadn't asked her in a long time. It was kind of weird, felt weird asking about it. I said, babe, what do you, what do you want from life right now? It's kind of a weird question, but we've been together almost seven years. What do you want from your life? And, and by the way, she answered it, and I was actually surprised by some of the answers because I hadn't asked it in a, in a long time. I think spouses, we just assume that we know everything about each other. Um, but people change, right? Our goals change, and, and uh, that's a question that we ask our kids a lot. What do you want to do? What, what, what are your dreams? What do you want to be when you grow up? Still ask your spouse that question. I want to encourage you to do that because your spouse is very much alive still, and... Uh, you know, they still have goals and stuff. So, so I asked her, what, what do you, what's like, what's on, what's on your bucket list right now? What do you want to do? What are your goals right now? She started telling me and I, I started automatically becoming so proud of her and like so supportive. And I felt like I was learning something about my wife and it was so cool because, um, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of new information to me all because I asked. Melissa often says something to me that I will admit I, I, it can be true and it can probably be annoying. She says, I don't like telling you my goals because then you get annoying and you try to push me to accomplish them every single day. I get how that can be annoying. I, I, I get it. It's, uh, it's kind of like I was reminded of, uh, we had a, uh, we have a, a neighbor when we, when we, uh, in our old house before we moved. And, um, one time I mentioned we were, we were welcoming them to the, to the neighborhood because they were, they were brand new. They were an older couple. And, and um, basically, I was having a small conversation with them. And, and I mentioned that I wanted to you know, remove my shrubs because we had some kind of ugly bushes in the, in the front. And I said, I, I'm thinking about you know, removing these. And, and I kind of want to plant a garden there. And um, it was one of those things where like, like you would like to do it, but like you really have no intentions of actually doing it. Um, that, that, that's, 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 that was me. Um, but anytime after that, they, man, they would grill me every single time. They, they would even harass Melissa. I'm like, I promise they would ask us, how's that garden coming? When's that garden coming? Are you still thinking about that, doing that garden? And, and I, I, I did some yard, I was doing some yard work with my chainsaw. I had brought a brand new chainsaw. I was, I was, you know, removing some, some stuff and, and they come out and they're like, oh, are you going to do the garden today? And I'm like, no. And it got to the point, every time I saw them, I didn't even want to, I, I ran inside. I waited for them to leave because I didn't want them to ask me about this garden that I wasn't serious about planting. Jesus encounters these men who on the surface, they want to be a follower of Jesus, but they're not really serious about it. I'm wondering today how many people want to do more for the kingdom of God, but the more you, you, you think about it, the more you hesitate. Because you start to think about what it would mean. You start to think about the work that goes in, that, 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 that you're going to have to put into it. It's not, it's easy to say, I want a garden, but there are some things that you're going to have to do to get that garden. There's a lot of work that you're going to have to put in place. How many of us are hesitant? We say, God, I want to be used by you. But then when we start thinking about it, we're like, whoa, wait, give me a moment. And so the first man says to Jesus, Jesus, I will go anywhere with you anywhere. I remember my wife told me that before we got married. She said, babe, I'll go any, if you want to go to Africa, I'll go to Africa. Like I I love you that much. And she, she's serious about it too. One day I'm going to take her to Colorado and get out of this Houston heat. Hate it. This man said, I'll go anywhere with you. Matthew's account of this, of this story describes the man as a, as, a, as a scribe, a Jewish scribe, which is really surprising since most Jewish leaders, they couldn't stand Jesus. But this man undoubtedly 
was impressed by the miracles that he's seen Jesus do. Maybe he's attracted to the popularity that Jesus has amassed. So he says, I'll go anywhere with you, teacher. Last week, I preached a message called Don't Stop Now. If you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go to the podcast and listen to it. We spoke about Elijah. Elijah was this mighty prophet of God. He was doing all kinds of things for the kingdom of God. And I, I want to reiterate a point that I made last week. Be careful when you say yes to God. Because when you say yes to God, God's going to take you seriously. And he's going to work you harder than you ever imagined. Be careful when you say yes to God. Because, again, that's, you know, that's not what we always expect when, when we ask God to use us. Some people are in it for their own glory. Some people are in it for their own timeline. Others want to be used by God because of, of what it's going to do for them. Not necessarily the kingdom of God, but for themselves. This is why we need to educate, man, our, our young people. I'm so glad that you guys are in here. We've got to educate our young people on this topic because I remember when I was a, a young person, when I was a youth in youth group, and I started singing, I convinced myself that I was doing it for God, but there was a lot more of me than there was God. I was doing it for my own personal gain way more than I was doing it for God. I still remember we were sitting right here. We were having a discussion because we were going to have a really big youth rally um, the, uh, the, the, the next Saturday or like two weeks from, um, from that day. And, and um, the worship leader was like, okay, or the worship pastor, he was like, okay, who's going to lead worship? And I was so eager to do it. I was like 12, 13 years old. This is when I had started um, singing and I started playing, and I, was, I just wanted to be known. I wanted to be made you know, famous. And, and the, the, the youth rallies that we had back in the day, uh, we, we would pack this place out, man. And so I was like, I, I kind of want to do it. But I got so upset when I got passed over. Like, I didn't even want to play at the youth rally. I don't want to just play the piano. That's not what God called me for. And, and, and so we need to educate our young people, man. What, what, why are you in it? Is it for yourselves or is it for God? Because I was so convinced, oh, this is for God. But just because you do something for God doesn't actually mean you're actually doing it for God. You're just hiding behind a message. Mm. That was good. That wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> One commentator, I love what he, what he writes about this particular, uh, this man. He said, the Lord knew that the scribe, having seen the crowds and the miracles and having heard Jesus in comparable teaching, wanted to be associated with the one in the center of all the action who had so much potential for future elevation. In other words, this scribe was just riding the wave. He was just jumping on the Jesus bandwagon because of where it could take him. So he wasn't saying, Lord, I'll go anywhere with you, anywhere that you're going to have me go, because he wanted to please Jesus. He was saying it because in his mind, anywhere Jesus would take him mean that he got to be a part of all the hype and that his name would be remembered. Church, Jesus will reject your discipleship when you have an ulterior motive. He will reject it. He will see right through it. Because when you're in it for the wrong reasons, God knows your heart, man. Jesus saw right through this man's own desire for personal gain. And he just shattered everything in one response. Jesus responds, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't have any place to call his own. Basically, he was saying, you think that everyone's going to love you. You think that everyone's going to respect you and that you're going to amass all this popularity. 
but I am the most rejected person in the world. Most nights I can't even find a place to sleep. My own people hate me. If you think that we're living it up, you're wrong. I think today's generation can really relate to this man because, man, these days people would rather be in the position of ministry than actually minister. Because, because if, if you're the pastor, then you get to make the decisions. If you're in charge, then you get to drive in the captaincy. Jesus challenges mindsets like this to rethink what you're saying that you want. Because it's never going to be about you. Never going to be about you. It's never going to be about where he's going to take you. And then I want to get to the second man. That was the first man. Verse 59 says, Jesus told someone else to come with him. But the man said, Lord, let me wait until I bury my father. Jesus answered, let the dead take care of the dead while you go and tell about God's kingdom. This might be one of the more offensive things that Jesus ever said in his ministry. It's along the same lines um, as when he said, uh, whoever wishes to be my disciple must hate his family. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean hate like the way that we use the word hate. Um, It's more of a priority thing. Um, you should favor Christ. You should place, uh, you should place your favor on, on Christ, not, not family. Either way, it's still pretty offensive <laughs> to the majority of our society. I, rep- I recorded a, a podcast um, a few weeks ago with, with Tim McCain. Some of you guys know Tim McCain. Uh, if you're not listening to my podcast called Leading, I just want to put a shameless plug in there. Um, <laughs> you can do so. And, and, um, but, but, but in this episode that I released with Tim... Uh, I entitled it, my, my family is my ministry, because he was talking a lot about his, his, his ministry, but he was also tying it in with his family. I want to tell you why this is, this is different. Many people put church, put ministry before they put their own family. That's not what Jesus called us to do. Jesus didn't call you to place priority on, 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 on the church service. Or, or on, on the ministry and, and, and have your family suffer. That is not the message of Jesus Christ. He's not talking about that. Jesus has called us to put him first. Him first. Him above everything else. And if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, that has got to be the number one thing in your life. It's, it's, it's believed by, by most scholars and commentators that this man's father here in this passage, he wasn't actually dead yet. He wasn't dead. Rather, he was, he was an old man, and he want, the son wanted to fulfill his responsibilities as his son and claim his inter, uh, inheritance after his father passed away. Still, there's nothing really sinful about that. There's, there's nothing really inherently wrong about that. The thing was, here's the thing, church. Jesus called him. He literally called him. He said, follow me. And, and this man said no to Jesus, placing something else before Jesus. That is called idolatry. And the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us responsibility, it teaches us to love our neighbor, it teaches us good stewardship, it, 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 teach, it, it, it commands uh, tight-knit families, right? It's very important, but every, above everything else is the obedience to God. That is the absolute most important thing. It doesn't mean that obedience is always going to be easy, but, but when he calls you, church, our job is to be ready. Seriously. When you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is calling you to something, we should have no excuse. Oh, God, but what about date night? Oh, God, but, but, but yeah, I, can't, I can't leave my family for longer than a week. That's crazy. You're asking for two weeks of my life? No way. Family will fall apart. I'm reminded about, 
Abraham, when God asked him to offer his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice, and that, um, not his only son, I'm sorry, don't, <laughs> he had another son. I don't want you thinking, I don't know my, my, my Bible. Uh, <laughs> but he was asked to, to sacrifice his son, Isaac, and, and uh, that, that probably had to be the hardest thing that any parent had ever been, had ever been asked to do in the history of parenting, right? He didn't want to do it, but he wanted to be obedient to God more. It's still a hard pill to swallow. That's, that's really hard to preach in 21st century America. Really hard. But, but Abram's, Abraham's allegiance was to God before everything else. Now, if you recall the story, God saw Abraham's heart and obedience and spared the life of Isaac, right? That tells me that God doesn't desire to rip families apart. That's, that's not what Jesus is about, but he desires people who would follow him at no, at no matter the cost. In our service to God, so many times we put so many stipulations on how, how far we'll, we're willing to go. We say yes, but like we have all these amendments. Speaking of amendments, man, we're dealing with this buyer right now. <laughs> we're, we're trying to sell our house that we're, that, that we're, we're flipping and Every, they, they agree to one thing, and there's so many other things that they want to come back with. That's how we are with, with God. We say, yeah, God, we say yes, but then we come back with them with, oh, but hold, hold up, hold on. We, I, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need Fridays off, I need Saturdays off. <laughs> and we never, we never do it at the time that we say we're willing. Right? We just say yes, we just say yes to God. But, but we realize that when God calls us to something else, that requires us to give up something else. Like the third man. You still with me? All right. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Verse 61 says, then, since, then someone said to Jesus, I want to go with you, Lord. But first, let me go back and take care of some things at home. Jesus answered, anyone who starts plowing and keeps looking back isn't worth a thing in God's kingdom. This goes back to my earlier point. Some of us want to want things. We want we want to want certain things, but, but those wants are usually suppressed by something else that we want that is greater than the other thing that we're saying that we want. Does that make sense? There was a lot of wants in there. <laughs> this guy says, Lord, I want to go with you, but there are some things I need to take care of first. This reminds me of so many conversations. <laughs> so, <laughs> some friends invited Melissa and I to, to, to Belize in September, and... Uh, that would have been perfect. It would have been our seventh year anniversary trip. Um, so I said, okay, get, give me a day. Let me think about it. Let me talk it over with Melissa. And, and uh, because we had to purchase the, the plane tickets the very next day. Um, because, you know, Southwest had like a major sale this week. Um, and so I talked to Melissa. And I kept going back and forth. I was looking at the, at the, at the pictures of this hotel. And I was like, man, this is so beautiful. It would be so great. We, we wanted to go, but we had just gotten back from vacation, and I wasn't, I wasn't really sure that this was the best move for us right now, so I, I texted my friend, and I said, bro, I want to go, but first, I need to make sure everything's good, and I'm not going to know that everything's good till the end of the month, because these buyers are making me say a prayer of repentance every night. If I knew that there was some certainty there and we would close on this deal, then yeah, we're going to book the flights, but I don't know. I want to go, 
but it's not really a luxury that I can commit to at this moment. And I started thinking about that. And I started thinking about this, this message, how, many, so, how so many times people treat their calling like a luxury. You probably never thought about that before. I never thought about that. We, we tend to treat our callings more like burdens, right? But sometimes we treat it like a luxury, like it's a trip to Belize. I don't really need a trip to Belize. I need to be able to feed my family next week. We do the same thing with God where sometimes where, where he calls us to something and we're like, yeah, God, that sounds really great. I would love to go into full time ministry. I would love to be a financial blessing to my church. I'd love to go on this mission trip uh, that you're calling me to. But God, there are other more pressing matters that I have to attend to first. God, I want to give my tithes. It's not like I don't want to. But I have a bill to pay. The tax man wants his money first. I want to. I want to follow you. I want to commit more to my church. I want to commit more to this ministry. I know that you're calling me to it, but God, my schedule right now. There's so many things in my life that first, again, first, we're telling God, first, first, I got to do something else. Putting him second. We need to start seeing a generation of people who aren't afraid to put God first, church. To put God above everything else. Instead, instead we have a generation of, of tire kickers. I'm going to have the whole, the whole worship team come up. You know what tire kickers are? Tire kickers are those guys that they walk into a dealership and they literally just they see a car and they kick the tires. Well, and they walk around the whole vehicle. She looks good. How, how much? How much? Okay, okay. How many? How many miles? How many miles you say it has? Okay, not bad. Four wheel drive. Ah, oh, I wish I had four wheel drive. Does it come in red? Right. And they, they have all these questions because they're just trying to they're just trying to fluff it up. They're trying to to think about how am I going to get out of this? I I want it, but I don't really want it. Right. And they, they, they usually end with, you know, saying, OK, I'm going to go talk to my wife. <laughs> right. Well, we'll probably come back tomorrow. We're going to put the numbers together. You ain't coming back. Quit lying. You're not coming back. You, you see those people at the mall. Right. And you're like, oh, I got to go to this other store. I'll, I'll be right back. You ain't going. You never go back. <laughs> and there's so many people today, church, in the church. Who want. Who want to do more, who want to go there. But they never do it. And so we have a generation of people who are just standing at the edge of their calling. But the moment God actually calls them to go, they don't do it. They're right there because they want to. It's so tempting. Man, if I could just go out there. Oh, man, I would love to be out there. I would love to be out there on the boat, uh, out of the boat with Peter walking on water. Man, look how he's doing it. He's walking towards Jesus. He's doing something that has never been done before by any human being. I would love to do it. But I'm scared. I'm afraid. In my mind, I know that water isn't supposed to do that. So I'm just going to stay here. Start saying, God, I want to, but I gotta check with my wife. I gotta, I gotta look at the budget. 
I gotta look at the scratch. I gotta look at the scratch. I want to, but I gotta see. I gotta see. And I'm not saying, church, please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should ever make impulsive decisions. Jesus teaches us to sit down and, and count the costs before we're planning something, before we're going to build something. We should have some strategy. We should have a plan. But if you know that God is calling you to something, there is no hesitation that should ever be made. I'm wondering how many people we have in the room this morning who say, God, I am, I'm going to stop being a wanter. I'm talking to you, church. I'm talking to you. God, I am done being someone who just wants but never does. I am going to be a doer. I'm going, I want to stop putting other things before the will that you have for my life because I don't want to get to heaven, church. Listen, I don't want to get to heaven and stand before the throne of God in the fullness of his glory and, and just be surrounded, surrounded by his presence. And he say, what did you do, my son? And I said, well, I wanted to do a lot of things. I wanted to go to church more. I wanted to bring my family to you. I wanted to tell someone about Jesus. I wanted to take a mission trip. I wanted to give more. I wanted to be sold out for you. Instead, I want to say I did it. I did it. Even when I didn't want to, I did it. Because you called me to do it. Because I had to do it. Because I had no choice. Because you called me. We need to stop being a generation of people who just want and start being doers, man. Stop being hearers of the word. Start being doers of it. God, speak to someone this morning, Lord. Speak to someone, God. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Convict us. We don't want to hold back anymore. We don't want to hold back, my God. We don't, want to res- we don't want to hesitate, Father. We don't want to resist, my God, your calling, Father. I want to invite you this morning to these altars. Come on. I want to invite you. Come on, come on. Come on, stand with me. And I want to invite you just to say a prayer to God. If you want to respond to this word, this is the call this morning. Just come forward and begin saying, God, I'm done wanting. From this moment, I'm going to start doing. That is a commitment that you're going to have to make this morning. If you want to respond to this altar, that is, that is the call. I'm done wanting. I'm done hesitating. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.